May I say, dear friends, what a great pleasure it is to Sabine and I to be, have the opportunity of welcoming you all uh, to Oris and Uktron, and particularly the opportunity you give us of joining in the celebration of the 20th anniversary of the founding of the Spirit and Asylum Services Initiative, to give it its full title, Spirasi. I want to, as President of Ireland, congratulate Spirasi on achieving this important milestone and, and to thank them for the important role that they and all who work with them have played throughout the past two decades in enabling people to become fully engaged and active members of their wider community. And I want to commend, begin really, by thinking back those 20 years and commending the vision and commitment of all those who brought this initiative into being and who worked with dedication uh, through two decades of supporting victims of torture and people at vulnerable stages of their life. I met many people who were victims of torture uh, in my previous time as a parliamentarian and particularly working in, in human rights. And I see the importance very, very much. I'm familiar with the importance of the work that Spirasi has been doing and hopefully will continue to do. I do want to thank Rory Halpin, whom I've just met the executive director of Spirasi, for helping with the staff here at the Oris Throne to organise today's celebration. And today is just part of a reflection for you on what you have achieved over the past two decades and the thousands of lives that your interventions have touched. Seven years ago, in 2012, we gathered together, it was just shortly after I had been, in the first year after I had been first elected president, and we were gathered in Kilmainham Jail to mark United Nations Day in support of the victims of torture. And the importance of the work of organisations like Spirazi, with which I'm very familiar, and the valuable support they provide to victims of torture who arrived on our shores as asylum seekers cannot be overemphasized. I have to say as well that during my time representing the constituents of Galway West uh, over many years is that as I came towards the end of my parliamentary period, I think I must have had nearly 75 to 80% of all of those who were seeking permission to re remain in Ireland, whatever. And very often, I want to contrast, if you like, the work that Sperazzi does uh, with very often those conversations and letters that I had to write just to find where people were being asked to demonstrate the evidence of their torture and whatever. We've moved on, uh, but I think it was necessary uh, uh, to move on. I think uh, in relation to torture, those who have torture inflicted upon them and who continue to suffer as a result, have experienced a trauma that few others can truly comprehend. It can affect all facets of their existence, their sense of self, their relationship with others, their ability to cope with the everyday challenges of life. 
And I think when this is accompanied by the physical dislocation and stress of seeking refuge far from home and dealing with a complicated bureaucracy, it has the potential for some to become nearly overwhelming. Although it is important for me to stress as well that the very fact that you're all here and you're all so welcome here means that you have not been defeated by the experience. And in fact, in other speeches that I've given over the last several years, and talking to people like Richard Carney and others, I have seen what an extraordinary capacity uh, those who have been wounded have in being able to be themselves healers in relation to the experience. It is a very, very important insight of, of, of so many now, uh, the concept of the wounded healer. In other circumstances I've been talking about the Asclepian approach to health and healing and how important that is. I think it is a real pleasure then in the House of the President of Ireland to be able to welcome victims of torture and all of the staff who have been of assistance to them in providing the range of services that Sparazzi facilitates and indeed with the support of the Irish state. I think it is an opportunity for me too, Maruktrana, herein to acknowledge your valuable work and work with asylum seekers, refugees and other migrant groups, and to commend you for the ongoing support carried out in a number of reception centres to the newly arrived Syrian refugees, for example, and the innovative befriending programme that aims to support people's integration. Their welcome, their exercise of hospitality that is involved in welcoming them into Irish society and culture. These are vital supports to individuals at a most vulnerable time in their lives, and people who have suffered and who are still carrying the burden of suffering, they are far from home. And the word hospitality is a most extraordinary, powerful concept existing in a central point in all religious systems and in all cultural systems. But the essence of true of hospitality and of authentic solidarity is what you're doing with our brothers and sisters who have come to us in need. 20 years since 1999, Spirazi has been rehabilitative supports, and it's hard to believe it, to 4,500 survivors. To 4,500 survivors of torture from over 100 different countries. And even as I say it, how it must shake one to think of torture existing in so many places still throughout the planet and also many people being affected. And while it is a sobering statistic, it's an indicator of the enormous wealth of compassion that lies at the heart of Spirazi, an organisation that continually fulfils its mission to protect, rehabilitate and integrate survivors of torture and other vulnerable people. And I'm very keenly aware, for many reasons, of the plight of those migrants who have undertaken very often treacherous journeys in a bid to reach Europe in search of a better and more secure future. And I have to say how horrified I am at times at those tendencies in Europe that seek to waste so much energy and so much moral energy on constructing barriers and borders, rather than addressing the responsibilities of being people who are sharing a, a, a fragile planet. Here in Ireland, we are sometimes, I think we tell ourselves how fortunate we are to live 
in a stable democracy with a written constitution and a body of laws to protect the fundamental rights of our citizens and those who reside here, including the right to protect them from torture. Because, of course, our courts have in decisions recognised the right to freedom from torture and from inhuman or degrading treatment and punishment as one of the unspecified personal rights guaranteed under Article 40 of Bunrock Meherin. And indeed, we have found ourselves in dealings in the courts with those seeking to vindicate those rights for Irish citizens. We're quite rightly, all of us, appalled by the fact that so many people, as I have said, around the world do not enjoy those protections I've just mentioned. And sometimes people find it difficult to imagine an existence where people live in fear of heinous acts committed by or at the instigation of the agents of oppressive regimes. Yet we must be vigilant in ensuring that the reality of inhuman and degrading treatment is identified, discussed and opposed wherever it is encountered in the world. Because where torture is practised in any part of the world is a responsibility for all of us. I always remember the evidence I saw of this, whether it was in Salvador or in Honduras indeed, or in particularly in relation to Chile. We know, and indeed, the, at times, the difficulties those of us who were making the case at that particular time had in convincing people of the enormity of what was happening. We, and we know only too well that it isn't only in far-flung despotic regimes that a tolerance for torture can emerge. Recent decades, in advanced democracies, so-called, they've shown themselves capable of trampling on human rights and engaging directly or becoming complicit in imprisonment without trial and torture in the name of national security. Such tendencies inevitably are counterproductive in terms of national security, and they serve only to strip a state that engages in such abuses of any moral authority to comment on the human rights abuses of our others, for torture by any state cannot be justified or tolerated. And some of you who are dealing with victims of torture will know as well and particularly those people who saw the processes internationally, some of which I saw myself, is that, the tor- that everyone is affected by torture, including the torturers themselves. Sperazzi's anniversary then gives us an opportunity in Ireland to stop and reflect on what torture really represents, an opportunity to explicitly acknowledge the terrible abuses of human rights that the word torture truly den- denotes, to remember that every day, somewhere in the world, people are being subjected to horrific acts of intentional suffering with the consent of state authorities and, indeed, non-state actors. And it often begins in a complex way about the systematic removal of dignity from the person. And we must remember that torture can never be legitimised or substantiated. It is truly horrific to think that in modern assemblies in so-called developed countries, people are willing to consider the circumstances in which torture might be appropriate for the gathering, as they would put it, of information, or as they would say, intelligence. The infliction of pain, the intentional infliction of pain, is something that debases, as I have just said earlier, not just the victim but the perpetrator. And indeed, looking at the studies afterwards, they find that it has an incredible effect. It is important that we reiterate again and again, and I do so as President of Ireland, 
that torture should never and must never be justified or allowed by any society, and we must not show ever any hesitation in condemning it wherever it occurs. And we must continue to use this instinctive repugnance that we feel when confronted with accounts of torture. Very often, there sometimes people say, it would be easy to turn one's face away. But we must, as a nation and as a society, not do so. We must do all we can to ensure that the perpetrators of torture are brought to justice and that we continue to protect the fundamental human rights, not only of our citizens and those who live in Ireland, but the human rights of citizens across the globe. And by rededicating ourselves to the international frameworks that have been developed to prevent torture. No issue of trade or economic advantage should serve as obstacle to us being forthright in our condemnation and the issuing of proceedings against those who practice torture. So, Marfuckelsker, in celebrating the success of Sparazzi's work, and this is why you are all here, and why Sabina and I are so pleased to have been able to join us, we iterate that the experiences of torture survivors will never be forgotten. Their experiences and testimony are a necessary reminder for us to uphold our fundamental shared humanity and dignity. It is, of course, difficult, uncomfortable, often deeply upsetting, to listen to the accounts of torture survivors. But we must do so. Sperassi has been doing so. But sometimes, too, it is necessary to hear such accounts if we are to confront our psyche with the raw barbarity of it all, to remind us of what the word torture really means, and to remember that it has been and is and remains a living reality for so many people. Over the past 20 years, you in Sparassi, and I thank you again, have responded with compassion, humanity and decency to the damage that, that torture wreaks. Sparazzi has been given practical support to heart and helpless people who have arrived on our shores in a desperate search for safety itself. And those supports they have been providing include medical assessment, and I'm so glad to see some of those involved directly in that here this afternoon, psychotherapy, outreach support, assistance to people in managing integration into their new home, and of course the reassurance of being listened to of being listened to and believed. Sparassi provides friendship when it is so desperately needed. And the physical wounds of torture, they might be attended through medical intervention, which is so important, but the psychological wounds are so much more profound, difficult to heal, the recurring nightmares, the sense of violation, the permanent feeling of fear of not being safe. But I repeat again, the resource and the exercise of healing that those who are telling their stories are to those who, whom they may be able to, who may need it, to hear it and be helped from it. And so today, on Lasha, we acknowledge and salute the slow and patient work of supporting women and men who are the victims of torture. This includes bearing witness to their experiences and working together to address all of those injuries I've mentioned, both physical and emotional, that have been inflicted. Baruch Tarhaneherin, Malanshiv, Tris Limshiv, Asokhtan Oberfjunta Katojiantagi, Leskor Blinu, Sagaskam Puikasliv, Asokhtor Nenokt Dain, Agaskor Quigel, Avi Agi, Erwahaslo Shudatag Folint, Erwahaslin Eliak. So, therefore, what I have just said in our own ancient language, 
once again as President of Ireland, I commend you who have suffered torture and who are seeking to address the implications it has had on your lives, and thank you for sharing your story. I commend those who have worked with you <coughs> to help you lead fulfilled lives in your new home in Ireland, and Ireland is your new home, and I am confident that Sparazzi will continue to ensure that those who have suffered torture and who reach our shores will always have available to them a compassionate and empathetic service. People who listen, who patiently support you and work on your behalf. People who will help those who have suffered to emerge from the shadow of their own experiences so that they can play their full part in Irish society and be special healers to live full and enriched lives without fear in Ireland. Mila Buikas is going to Thank you again for joining me this afternoon.